Hi, and welcome to Dietless Living 360 Degrees, Overcoming Weight Loss Obstacles with me, your host, Katie Gordon. As a weight loss coach, I help my clients to overcome their weight loss obstacles so that they can lose weight their way and lose it for life. And yet the old saying that it takes a village to raise a child actually applies to achieving our weight loss as well, because some of the obstacles that we have in life are in other areas of our life. We often have uh, obstacles in our relationships, home, business, career, work, in our families. Sometimes we have injuries or other complex health issues that are going on that are impacting our weight. And whilst how to overcome weight loss obstacles in six simple steps shows you how to enjoy happy, healthy habits in those challenging times, we also need professionals to help us with those other obstacles. So with that in mind, Dietless Living 360 Degrees brings in those other professionals to help you overcome those obstacles. And today we have Kylie Madge. Kylie is a personal success coach and a spiritual mentor. She's also the founder of My Body, My Soul, and she supports single women who always thought that their life would involve being married with children, but now feel that's not looking as likely for them. So Kylie works with them to create a vision of the rest of their life that inspires and excites them. Kylie started her business when she herself realised that the marriage and kids that she'd envisioned being in her life may not happen. And she found herself stuck and questioning her whole existence and spent years wandering aimlessly in the dark until she realised that she could paint a new vision for herself and her life. And she now helps other women to do the same. And her mission is to support women to find a new path that they can feel equally satisfying and fulfilling, a path that inspires them to be open to all possibilities that can exist now and in their future. Kylie has a certificate in professional coaching, NLP, a master's in international business and a bachelor of business. She also teaches yoga, meditation and breathing techniques and she helps women to break free from the change of their experiences and circumstances to see the gift that lies within. So welcome to the show, Kylie. It's so great having you with us today. Would you like to tell us uh, briefly just a little bit about what it is that you do and the main way that you help your clients? Sure. Thanks, Katie. Thanks for having me. Thanks for that great intro. Um, so I work with clients where they're at. So I work with clients one-on-one. I'm based in Brisbane. I um, work with people face-to-face. I've got a home office as well as online. So I have clients all over the world. And so meeting people where they're at. And it's really, uh, as you said, working with single women who have found their circumstances aren't turning out the way that they thought that they might, to start to move away from that place of, um, you know, like I was, where I just couldn't see what the future would be because I just had this one picture in my head um, that I had realised I'd been conditioned to believe. And so I hope helping women to open up that field of what is possible. And as part of that, you know, we um, uncover where some of those ideas came from. You know, for me, that traditional wedding dress and family unit, as I started to, you know, go through on my own personal journey, I realised that um, they weren't actually choices I had made for myself. They were um, conditioned beliefs that I'd grown up with, as everyone had said, you know, when are you going to get married? When are you going to have kids? How many kids are you going to have? You know, that um, this was imprinted uh, upon me moving forward. So, yeah, helping um, women to understand where these ideas come from and then to make their own choice and to be able to open up the field of possibilities and opportunities that might lie ahead. And not to say that marriage or children might still um, be a part, you know, may still be a part of their future, but not waiting putting their life on hold, waiting for that to eventuate. Um, So being able to get on and live a full life um, and open your field up to all the possibilities that might be available to you. 
Yes, because it's true, right? I often talk about that myself with um, my clients and it's in one of the lessons that I, uh, in my online course about, you know, the story of the lamb shank. Have you heard that one? Do you use no. that? No. So it's the, um, you know, the daughter's there watching mum prepare a lamb, a leg of lamb for roasting, you know, and mum cuts off the shank, spins it and, you know, the daughter says, why did you do that? Why did you cut the lamb shank off? And she went, well, that's just how my mother taught me to cook it. And so they go and ask grandma, you know, how come you cut the shank off and threw that away? And she went, oh, I don't know. That's how I was taught to cook. Luckily, great-grandma was still alive, so they pop over to ask great-grandma and they said, so, you know, how, did, how come you would cut that lamb shank off and throw it away? And she said, well, we didn't have a pan big enough for it. <laughs> and, you know, so we go through living our life doing these things that we were taught from the generations before but no longer actually apply to the era that we live in, which is what you're saying, that you were raised um, as most of us were. I think there's not too much difference between our age group uh, our ages um, were raised to that's what women do but evolution has changed women's liberations come in there's different options for us now yeah and it wasn't for, you, for me it wasn't a conscious you know I would have loved that but it had to eventuated but um, but at the same time I made conscious choices on what I was willing to accept and not accept for my own happiness and you know not everyone meets their prince charming you know or um you know, and, and for me, I wasn't willing to settle for somebody else that I knew wasn't going to be the right fit just to have children or just to complete that picture. Yeah, such a wise move. Yeah, so, and I saw people around me at the time who were making different choices and, you know, it wasn't, sometimes it was only a few years later when the wheels were coming off and it was all kind of crumbling down around them. So, um, so yeah, it's helping people, you know, really getting a clear understanding of, of, and being able to make that conscious choice of what is right for me. When you strip away all of the conditioning, all of the, the um, you know, collective beliefs of many you know, societal beliefs that we live in about what is acceptable or, you know, the correct path for a woman to follow. Yeah, and just it's just the norm, isn't it, right? It's just been there through media and just societal expectations not right nor wrong just how it is and things yeah. have evolved and changed and it's nice to be able to catch up to that evolution and go Ooh, maybe I have some other choices yeah I mean I had somebody um who was buying a piece of furniture from me off you know marketplace just recently first thing he said to me you know as we were having a chat as he came to pick it up was you know are you married do you have kids <laughs> and it's like no no it's like oh oh you know, because there's just that expectation. Um, and whereas now I just, you know, answer and it doesn't trigger me in any way. I don't have any emotion or any story attached to it. Yeah. But, you know, go back 15 years ago and that was a different story. I would have emotion about it. I would be saying, you know, why do they keep asking me that? Why, you know, and then it would be about, well, you know, what if I die? What do I do then? And, yeah, yeah. completely different circumstance. And that's what I, you know, help to um, other women to create themselves so they're no longer triggered by these situations yeah. um, by these questions which are coming from other people you know well-meaning they often come yeah. from family members you know I even in the situation and I've got many of gay friends but I had family members thinking I was gay because I wasn't married <laughs> you know and, and um, on the under the assumption well she's not I married be. I wonder why I wonder if it's because exactly I must be if I'm not married with a man then I must be gay yeah. you know um and so it brings up all sorts of different things that um you know even this closest circle around you are yeah. often the most um most triggering um for for you when you're in the moment when you're feeling um this this place of longing for something that just isn't materializing I think that's it right it's that longing for something that you've set as a goal rightly or wrongly or however that goals come about but where you've you've set a goal you've got an expectation about it will happen 
as as ev in everything in social media and you know the world of law of attraction and all of that it's like it will happen it will happen but sometimes things don't actually happen and perhaps there is another path and a plan b and perhaps the plan b may even turn out a lot better than the plan a Exactly. And that's where the spiritual mentorship came through for me, because the more that I work, I did, and the more that I understood and cleared back the layers and started to make other choices, I also started to begin to understand exactly as you said, that there's lots of different pathways yeah. um, that are available when we open our field up to that. And when you start to kind of tap into that universal consciousness, then you start to create a belief that, um, you know, perhaps that just wasn't my path. Perhaps that's just not what I was meant to be here and do this lifetime. Yeah. Um, and that also makes it a much more easeful transition yeah. into making choices and opening up, you know, the field of possibility and the steps that you're going to take next. Yeah. And because, well, uh I do want to go deeper into this and I'm going to take a little bit longer because there are, so I never had children. It was my choice not to have children. It's a little bit funny when as a, you know, 56 year old people now, when they say, do you have children? When I say no, there's a, there's a split second moment on their face where they don't know how to respond. Cause when you're younger, it's just like, Oh, you've still got time. But at 56, they kind of realize, Oh, so I wonder if this is a sore point, you know, like is it because you couldn't have them or whatever. And so there's that little conflict in, in their face there. But it's that um, moment for me is that I, I didn't want children. However, at this point, it's like, um, you know, you start thinking about life and how much is left and how what you're going to do with it. But I look at my family and friends who have kids and I, I think, oh, I wonder if I... I wonder if I missed out on something there, um, knowing full well that I was never meant to be a parent, um, but knowing that there are other places where I can make a difference in children's lives, you know, through volunteering with kids and stuff. So I think um, for me personally, you know, that that's going to give me that satisfaction, that itch that's somewhere in there uh, as a maternal instinct that I didn't think I ever had but apparently I do yeah yeah and actually that's interesting that you raise that because I've just actually written a chapter in a book that's about to be released on the 26th of June called The Path and it shares um you know this moment you know what that um decision point was where I decided to um reach out for support and and get this help for myself to be able to find that vision moving forward and part of that is that um, is finding other ways that I could have children in my life? Yeah, and um, and so I've got um, beautiful nieces and nephews and great nieces and nephews now, and I have always invested a lot of time in you know being the best auntie that I could and spending a lot of time with them and, and deepening those um, connections and relationships. But I also, as you said, I went off uh, to Africa and I um, volunteered um, with children and babies in Africa. And, uh, and that, you know, changed my whole perspective yeah. um, as well on, on um, you know, there's so many children in the world who don't have um, the kind of life that we offer most children here um, that, you know, there is, there's so many opportunities to be able to help in other ways and to, um, you said, um, to nurture, yeah. you know, um, children in other ways and to receive you know that feeling back of being able to be you know giving and supporting yeah yeah that nurturing need that we all have men and women do have it and you know and I think that's where the fur babies come into you know I mean we do live in such a great time and we have all these wonderful pets and aisles full of things that we can uh, spoil them with but I I think the uh, the fur babies do fill a gap for a lot of people um, and what a wonderful way to do that I, I think you know but like you say there's so many ways to nurture children and there's so many children across the world that are, are looking for someone to to fill that role for them 
Yeah, and unfortunately, yeah, part of the part of the work of moving from this this place of you know for me and what I see in my clients is is being that you know why me. Why can't I have? Why isn't it happening for me? I, you know, might be dating. I keep meeting dads. You know, why is it just not turning up? As you said, I'm doing all the manifesting. I'm, you know, reading the spiritual books and stuff, and it's just not showing up. And to not make that about you, you yeah. know, as an individual, because the, what often happens is that, you know, I mustn't be pretty enough. I mustn't be smart enough. I mustn't, you know, start comparing yourself to other people. And part of that is too um, of that place of being in the in the longing is looking at the other friends and families who have that dynamic of the kids and the the partner and stuff that you're really longing for, um, and then getting caught up in that comparison and jealousy, um, you know that that naturally happens when you're longing for something else. Yeah. Um, so helping to move through and transition through that process. Because I know for me, you know, you, I got to a point where I just didn't like the person I was anymore, you know, because of all of that, because I was, you know, feeling like, you know, why me? Why isn't it showing up for me? What is it about me? You know, and I also found being a professional woman, like having a, you know, corporate career um, at the time in my 30s, um, there was lots of men that I met who, you um, were threatened by that yeah yeah and and so then again you start to be quiet and not share that part of yourself and so yeah there's lots of different as you, as you know with the the work that you do with diet there's lots of different layers yeah to um and, to peel back and understand and that's it isn't it there's so many layers there <laughs> yeah yeah and it's it's a journey so as i said before i meet people where they are at in their journey yeah. Um, and so that, um, you know, working one on one, you can allow that to unfold and tailor the types of exercises and support that an individual needs to be able to move from where they are at that point in time forward. Yeah. Well, that's all really wonderful because there's, there are, I think, more single women these days than perhaps there used to be. There's certainly no shortage of singles. Uh, I know lots of people who are single. So it's really good that you are doing this work and helping women to find their happiness in other ways because why put your happiness on hold while you're waiting for something else to come? I always talk about, you know, we're sitting there, we're, we're, we're in the waiting station. You know, it's like being at the train station and this train's going past and it's got happiness written on it each one of them, and we're going, no, that's not my happiness train. I'm waiting for this particular one. <laughs> and, I, you know, reflecting back, I know now and it wasn't wasted time, but at the time I felt like I was wasted many years while I was stuck in that process. And, and that's what I, you know, um, a real passion of mine is to help people to more easily transition through more quickly through that process so they don't have to spend so long in the muck you know what feels like the muck of it all yeah um, that they can move forward more easily and sometimes it's too because I have a like you you tend to gravitate and find and I moved from Brisbane to Sydney because I was just getting bombarded at the time where people asking me when am I going to have a baby when I get married so I left (laughs) exit stage right went to Sydney and then found other corporate women in the same situation so I have a number of friends and in the process of writing this chapter for my book I went and spoke to a couple and said to them you know kind of what was it for you um and checking in and even though you know majority of them say I'm fine now you know, that I'm past it, I've gone through that process, they're older, um, but they still find that there's work to do because they still will get triggered. Yeah. And and I know for some, you know, in our age group now who are, you know, looking to the future, caring, you know, for, for me too, have been caring for my mum who's not well, yeah. where she's been making comments about, um, oh, lucky that, you know, her and her sisters and stuff will have older daughters to take care of them. And I'm like, uh, mom, yes, but I don't, you know. So there's a whole generation of us too who, you know, as you start to go into the later years of life, don't have that those um, children around. 
and not they're not always very supportive not every child is supportive kids doesn't mean they're going to be there um but i understand the conversation because i I suppose that's one of the things that's been in my you know you can't help but think about what will happen to her yeah i'm i'm there you know with my parents and um yeah i wonder who but i've come up with a plan yeah. So it's myself, I've got a couple of girlfriends and whoever of us is left, we're going to pool our money, we're going to buy a house, we're going to make it a communal home with a centrepiece, you know, where everyone's got their room, but the communal area for getting together and we'll hire whoever we need to hire to help us and we're just all going to live there in our version of um yeah a commune living yeah Yeah. and And, uh, and i've heard of other people doing that as well and again it just shows us other pathways yeah we'll be like the golden girls yes exactly (laughs) so kylie one of the things that I do like to talk about with people, and I think we've talked about one of your um, biggest hardships and obstacles to overcome, um, and I'm sure you have others that you would like to be able, or be able to share with us. What are some of the biggest obstacles? Maybe it is this one that we've just talked about um, that you've had to overcome in your life. And what were the strategies and tools that you used to build your resilience or and just to move yourself emotionally, mentally and physically through that hardship? Sure. So, um, yeah, so I also uh, had an alcoholic father, so had a, um, a dysfunctional home life. He was high-functioning, but, um, yeah, so there was marriage breakdown and, and stuff. So, um you know, that's something that I suppose for me it's the way in which I reacted to it was being very, um, I took the role in the family of standing up and being the buffer between my dad and my mum, yeah. um, whereas my mum, you know, she would say be quiet, be quiet, you know, so she really internalised things and would, would withdraw whereas I would stand up uh, and be the protector. And so, you know, that created moving forward really put me in the masculine energy for a long time. Uh, in my 20s, a lot of anger uh, and, stand, you know, having to stand up and put forward my, um, my point of view and, um, and standing up for the underdog type things. That's kind of, um, and it's really, it's a maturity. Uh, it's reaching out for help. You know, one of the first things that I did because I then took that, you know, moved off to Sydney, um, successive different relationships that didn't work out. I had an engagement um, and, um, and then uh, when I, we broke up before getting married, ended up in court with a, a protection order. Yeah. Uh, I was stalked uh, for a number of time for you know, quite some time. That went on for a couple of years um, and I lived in hiding for 10 years. Basically, I had, didn't have my phone number, my my name anywhere on social media, on internet or anything. And, and that was a real challenge um, in, you know, coming to do this kind of work that I do now and where you need to be on social media and open yourself up to start to actually um, be able to speak up and put myself out in public where I could be found. Yeah. Um, and some of the, the first steps that I took, and this is, you know, partly to how I got into the yoga was going to meditation because, um, you know, I also had the drinking thing and when I got stressed at work in Sydney, there was a lot in the, um, when I was down there in the early 2000s, there were corporate cards, um, lots of drinking at functions and events. It was a coping mechanism for a lot of people um, and something that I was really attuned to. Um, And that combination of stress and then having a few drinks because everyone was doing it, um, one of the first things I did was to start meditating. So I went off to um, the Buddhist centre um, in Sydney at the Cross and did a, like a one-day intro to meditation and then I explored all different styles of meditation. I started doing exercise, um, regular swimming. I went to that. It was something I used to do at North Sydney Pool. Um, yeah. Then I found a naturopath and that's where my business saying comes from in my, my body my soul because my body was so out of whack there was so much tension and stress of 
old trauma, anger in my body, my adrenal systems were out of control, I wasn't sleeping properly, um, I wasn't eating properly. But that was the first place that I started because until I got my physiology back under control, my sleeping back to where it should be, my ability to make good decisions and choices was compromised. Yeah. So that was the first, um, the first two places that I that I went, and then I continued the exercise, and then I got myself, you know, reached out for support, um, both holistic and coaching. So working at both from the spiritual and from the um, coaching perspective as well. Yeah. And yeah, they have been, you know, the tools that I have used. Um, and they go together, don't they? Right? Because you started with your body getting your body back into shape and like getting your adrenals back to normal and, you know, following that process, tidying up your lifestyle, getting more outside time and swimming and all of that. And and then you move to bringing your mind back in. And yet that you, you can work the other way as well. I know I sort of went the other way. I'd already been doing all of that, but my mind was still like out there and not functioning for me and it's like how is my mind still giving me such a hard time and creating so much stress and anxiety for me when I'm doing so much you know good stuff but because the mind kept being such a problem child it kept driving me back to unhealthy habits of, you know, breakouts of, you know, drink, drinking too much, you know, constant, and I don't mean in an alcoholic way, but just, you know, every night having some, a few, two drinks, three drinks or one drink after work. And, you know, you start eating the wrong foods and all of that. And it either it's like chicken and the egg, you know, it's just a vicious cycle, whichever way it starts or where, whichever one you clean up first, you ultimately do have to do both. You do. And, and for me, because I was so in my head that I had disconnected from my heart. Yeah. And so I could rationalize everything. I could do to and from lists. You know, I could rationalize everything, every behavior, every choice. I would get tie myself in knots, not being able to make a decision because I was looking at all of these different, you know, if I do this, if I do that, all these contingencies, et cetera. And then I've worked in that field as well, project managing. And, yeah. um, and so that was one of the things that, you know, big things that I needed to. Um, learn how to do was to actually quieten my mind so that I could actually listen to you know reconnect with my intuition and learn to trust that and that's part of that coming back to the spiritual side and then my body my soul because that's you know I believe that innately we have our inner wisdom and we just can't access it because our head is getting involved and um and so when you can quieten that and then just drop back down into and ask yourself, what do I really know is true here? And for me, I feel that in my body and I hear things um, and have a knowing, um, then that just feels connected, grounded, makes just making decisions much easier and I'm no longer in that fight or flight um, energy that I was, you know, way back then. Yeah. Yes, it's so important. It's like the main thing that I teach as well is just how to manage our mind and so that we understand the chatterbox and everything and what its role is and what its role isn't because there's a distinction. We do need it. It does have a purpose, but the whole thing, you know, everything comes back to a synergistic and holistic approach so that we can manage ourselves as a human being in a human life because so very few of us, as my wonderful friend Catherine often says, so very few of us are saints and, you know, we can't always expect ourselves to be doing absolutely the right thing all the time and we don't have the luxury to go off and and be a buddhist monk we live here in the real world yeah and i've always operated from the place of um everything in moderation yeah absolutely and so being kind to yourself you know because it's a journey and it takes commitment I, i had a conversation one of my yoga students today had a bit of a breakdown at the end of the class it's got some stuff going on workplace stuff as well as home stuff and had a bit of a, a few tears 
Um, and she knew all of the information. Like she knew she'd been giving it to other teachers, this advice about, um, you know, you know you're worthy, you know you're good enough, et cetera, but wasn't applying it to herself. Yeah. And it's being gentle with yourself, you know, because as much as you intellectually, and this is your head again, as much as you intellectually know the answers and because I have a lot of people to resist reaching out for help, Yes, yeah. Read the books. Women. Listen to the podcast. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. And um, but you can intellectually know it. That doesn't mean that you can apply it to yourself. Yes. Um, that old saying, you can't read the label from inside the jar. Yep. And so it's really important just to be kind with yourself. And because yeah. the first thing that we often do is get the stick out and you know, a, <laughs> broken down why did I do that bang 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 you know I should know better um yeah but you know hopefully each time that something happens you have an experience you take away a lesson a learning that you carry with you so that you you know find yourself not having to repeat that same that same experience and and that's how we continue to grow because sometimes without that experience we perhaps didn't get the the um, motivation that we needed or the inspiration to you know step outside of what we know um perhaps we learned something we didn't know before you know and um it's an important part of our growth isn't it yeah important part of our growth and again it's how we perceive things which which comes back to the way in which we train our minds it's the way in which we perceive the event do we go into it being all about you know woe is me or do we look at it from a different perspective saying, well, okay, what am I going to take away from this? Yeah. What can I do to change this? What am yeah. I, what's my next steps? And, and what is within my control and what isn't? Yeah, exactly. There's yeah. so many questions we can ask ourselves instead of just going, damn it, I'm so naughty. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So in, in my situation talking about, you know, partners and children etc you know there were things within my control I could still continue to date I could choose whether you know a a person fitted or didn't fit if they chose to walk away I had no control over that you know if I could choose to go and have children on my own which I chose not to I could have done that yeah I chose not to um but you could you could choose to go and have um you know um purchase sperm, do IVF on your own, adopt, foster. We have so many options really these days, don't we? We do. Yeah. So what would be the biggest risk that you've ever taken and why did you do it? Mm, interesting because what I think is risky is often um, perceived by others as risky. Sorry, the things I didn't feel was risky, perceived yep. by others as being risky. So, um, you know, one of the, the biggest risks that people perceived um, that I took, that I got a lot of external uh, well-meaning advice on, <laughs> uh, was when I left my corporate career. Oh. Um, yeah, so I left corporate um, in my late 30s. I, I left and I went off to volunteer in Africa. Um, I was, took a placement with Australian Volunteers International. So it was a two-year place, professional placement, working in Johannesburg um, and left my corporate career. And, um, yeah, so there was a lot of feedback about of all the places in the world, why Johannesburg, what about the crime? Um, It was um, what about your super? I had investment properties here. How are you going to pay for your investment properties? You know, so um, for me, it wasn't a risk at all. You know, for me, I, because... I really at that point had a very strong knowing that that was my next step and where I needed to go. Um, But other people's perceived it as being very high risk, very scary. Um, And then when I came back and chose to move uh, back to Brisbane uh, and and I made a conscious choice that I'm not going to work in corporate again, not in in my profession, Um, and that was back in 2011 and I'm going to find my own business and way, that again for people, other people, was a high-risk yes. strategy. But yes. for me, it was something that I knew innately that I needed to do when I was following my own guidance. And, and that's, you know, a big part of this work that we do is, is um, being able to not take on board other people's well-meaning advice and guidance yep. 
and um, and to listen to what we really want, you know, and that's part of the work I do is being able to get through all the noise, all of the other, you know, opinions and to find what we truly, what lights us up. Yeah. There's actually one of my favourite books um, called um, Where the Magic Happens by Casper Craven. He's an English guy, lives in Surrey. He and his wife got this idea they were going to sail around the world for two years with their three, well, two small children at the time. By the time they actually left, they had three. And what he, his interesting take on people's opinions, the naysayers, and people just with a genuine opinion and concern for their careers, their children, their safety, you know, living on a boat, just everything, what they ultimately did was they went, well, instead of being discouraged by any of that or ignoring it, what they would do is they'd write them all down, write down everybody's thoughts and opinions and then basically go, great, thank you, we'll look into that. And then they'd look into it to see if there's any validity to it. And if there was, what they could do about that to still successfully maintain their mission of traveling, you know, sailing around the world for a couple of years. And from that, they went, well, instead of, we, we just weren't discouraged by anybody. We took that and it actually, the naysayers really helped us to solidify the real plan that we needed because we were taking that what we could have took as negative feedback, but we just went, oh, that's really helping us to work out the stuff that we weren't even thinking about. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's you know, and I also, from the spiritual side, there's different practices that you can, that you can do to energetically um, keep your energy filled for your own and not let that yep. kind of stuff seep in. And it's like watching the news and, you know, yep. if you're watching lots, you know, surrounding yourself by people that are kind of sucking your energy, <laughs> um, there's different kind of um, different tools that you can use to energetically support yourself as well to stop that your energy leaking out or other people's energy leaking in as well. Yes. Yeah, it's the news. I don't watch the news or any of that stuff because I find that um, it just upsets my equilibrium. <laughs> yeah, and see, I get to a, I can watch any of that now and it doesn't touch me. Yes. Um, yeah, so it just is, you know, as, as you continue to do the work, um, you know, your views, your beliefs, your tools that you use continue to change uh, as you change, yeah, and, and that's... Evolution. Yeah, and that's why I work with people where they're at because it, it's, you know, everyone's path is different. Everyone, I think, I believe that everyone has um, the same, very similar lessons to learn, but they show up in different experiences for each of us at different times. Yeah, we all have to live the human life, don't we? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, but at the same time, learning to part of that human life is learning to um connect to your soul so the reason for your being because yeah. you know if you feel very much like a hamster on a hamster wheel um or a little ant you know in a colony yeah um, following your ant path yeah exactly if you aren't able to connect in and really find that that um, you know those those things that light you up that give yeah. you a sense of i oh, know what i'm here to be doing i I know what, how to bring joy, how to, and you know, yeah. for me, I want everyone to finish life feeling like they have no regrets and they have lived their life to the fullest. Yeah, exactly. Because we often are very clear on what we don't want. We're just not as clear about what it is that we do want and how to go about going to get it. Yeah, and it's that joy. It's that joy and sense of sense of, and I don't like to use passion or purpose because you know that's very difficult and I know that I never had a specific passion or purpose I knew what I enjoyed doing and I still don't have that you know definite and I know now that actually is limiting to have a specific be really specific on what you need yeah. or what you want to create but it is important because it's those things that light you up that lift your vibration yeah. that help get you in a state that you can start to see things open your eyes make healthy choices feel good yeah. about yourself 
Um, so they're really important to be able to find the things that you are passionate about and you enjoy doing. Exactly. Mm. Um, and that's the joy of being uh, living in our era. I, I don't know that everybody had as many choices in the previous generations to us. Yeah, they just didn't have as many choices. But I think it's really important now for us. We do have a choice. Um, we do have more options available to us. And you're doing such great work helping women to find sift through those choices because sometimes we have too many choices as well and you're helping people sift through all the choices so they can find what it is that they want to spend their life pursuing and their path to follow yeah and just to um to make that choice to move forward yeah as well yeah because sometimes we can't see the choices because we're so stuck in the moment so opening up that field and then tapping into your intuition to, yep. to work out which which one we're going to go down. Because, yep. you know, I, I know certainly for me, and it's maybe the same for you, Katie, is, of, you know, sometimes you go down one path and then you skip across two over. Yeah. You know, down there and you skip to the next one. And that's part of life as well, of being yep. flexible and adaptable. And, and, you know, when people talk about flow, being in flow, that's what flow is about because some of those things yep. you don't have control over and, and if you get caught in the caught in the energy of, um, you know, it was meant to turn up differently at a different time, in a different way, yeah. then again, that traps that that energy um, keeps us stuck in one place that we want to um, yes. learn to be able to navigate in a more fluid way. Yes, absolutely. So, Kylie, could you tell me, because um, we're talking about voluntary change at the moment women who are make, going to think about making voluntary change um, and sometimes voluntary change is some of the hardest change that we we have to do in life um, because it we we have to actually move ourselves and motivate ourselves to do it even though it may seem uh, a bit risky or it just seems like, you know, everyone has a thing in their mind that change is hard. But there are some things that are hard and that we do voluntarily. So is there something that you have uh, would consider the hardest thing you've ever voluntarily put yourself through and why? Um, well, sure, choosing to, to leave that relationship that I, where I was engaged and then having to go through, um, you know, choosing to have the protection order and go through that process was it was yeah. huge I didn't have the support of my family my sister came but they didn't uh, believe that it was as bad as it was yeah um you know I didn't have the support of the police honestly that was um I was that was over 25 years ago and I had the same issues then as what is happening now and um so it the in the, in the protection yeah. that was broken, the person was contacting my family, trying to get me to stop going to through with the court hearing. Yeah. And when I raised it with the police, um, they ignored it and did nothing about it. Um, so yeah, that was a pretty um, challenging uh, change, you yeah. know, process to go through. That was one. There's been many. Yeah. Um, but. It was really important because um, it was impacting every area of my life. You know, I would go to work and have a car sitting outside. I would have a person ringing my boss at work. You know, I couldn't go anywhere and feel um, free, free, yeah, free and safe. So as difficult it was to go through the process and to not have the support of any of the structures around me, I did when I eventually got to the final court hearing, the judge gave the police a dressing down and uh, my ex at the time also um, um, represented himself and he got a dressing down as well. Yeah. But there's a long process and many months to get to that point. Yeah, and it's it's really about, um, again, in that moment I knew because I had put off doing that. Um, you know, I went overseas for three months, took myself out of the situation, went overseas for three months, hoping when I got back that it would have, uh, changed yeah. and it's already been 12 months before I left um, hoping that it would have just dissipated and he would have moved on 
And the day I came back, the car was there at the front of my sister's again. Right. So um, no ma- I had wanted to just, you know, let it go, not contribute to it, yep. to any conflict, conflict-diverse. Um, but, you know, I tried all those things and it didn't work. What would be, if somebody's going through something like that now or they are about to make that kind of a move, what would be three tips that you could give that would be helpful for them in that situation? Hmm. Um, every situation is so different. So I didn't have uh, the, the, the violence type stuff had only just started when I, when I left. Yeah. Um, but you never know. There's people who never see that and then it, and it turns. So I would um, certainly tell people, you know, um, tell people uh, what's happening um, and be kind to yourself. Yeah. And once you get to that point where you make the decision to, to do it, stick to it. Yeah. You know, see it through and just you know, look at whatever sport support is available to you and go and, and seek it out and do yep. it, you know. And, you know, it depends on how long people have been in that environment and, and stuff as well um, because, it, yeah, everyone where they're starting, this is that starting point. Everyone's starting point is different as far as your, your um, you know, in yourself, the, the inner strength and resilience you feel that you have in that moment, yep. um, depending on how long you have been putting up with, you know, in that environment. But certainly telling people about what's going on for you and then reaching out for support, um, you know, is really important. Um, yeah, and when she's done taking that secret. action to continue with it, yeah. Yeah, because we do keep it a secret, don't we? we don't yeah, because we it. make it about us. Yes. You know, and for me, you know, it's another relationship that's, that, um, you know, hasn't worked out, you know, yeah. and what what have I done what you know could I have done this and that's why I I put up with the stalking for so long yeah because I was thinking what what have I done you know what what is it about me what have I done making it all about me and making excuses for the other person and that just delayed the process yeah yeah well thank you for sharing all of that because it's really important because there's a lot of women in the same situation it's it's unfortunately more common than we'd like it to be we will be running out of time soon unfortunately because we've had such a good chat which is great and so I'd like to ask you um, as a final sort of question as you look back because you know we often look back over our life and we can see the trail of breadcrumbs that lead us to where we are either through the trail of breadcrumbs through our careers or our choices and so what is it about your like when you look back in your earlier career choices and your life can you see that trail of breadcrumbs that's brought you right here to right now and in in a few words what was that trail like uh, sure, my, and it's interesting because I went through a period like it's kind of, you know, like a, a curve. Um, so I started, I, you know, I did my degrees when I came out in the 80s, early 80s, we are in the recession. Uh, so I went into sales first before marketing. And in those sales roles, I was working in radio and, and doing account management and travelling around all over the place. And so I, the thing that has really out of that experience that's really carried forward is my ability to talk to anybody at any time. Yeah. But interesting enough, you know, I did that for a certain period of time and then I got shut down for 10 years. So in the work environment, I was okay doing that, but I couldn't do it outside of the work environment as in a public forum like I am yeah. now. But those skills of being able to talk to anyone at any time have carried through. And also the the marketing um, that I've done and the business that I've done, you know, is um, that I've, you know, worked in corporate for many years, gave me that understanding of all of the systems, the processes, and, of course, studying my own business then, you know, for me to be able to adapt and, you know, work on the back end of a website or to, you know, create, use Facebook or to learn LinkedIn, um, you know, to know how to write a post, how to, you know, speak on a live on Facebook and stuff comes really naturally for me because I have yeah. those skills that are just completely transferable across into my business today. So even though I'm not working in a current 
corporate environment um, in those you know marketing departments in business I'm still using those skills yes. uh, in everything that I do they were preparing you for this role really exactly and the and the yoga gives me that connection to community because a lot of the coaching is you know, with people online on zoom and yep. so that keeps me connected into my community but for me also the yoga is a tool that I use to keep my energy flowing yes. so for some people they start with yoga and that's the start of their personal development process yeah but for me it came after as a way to manage my energy in my body and get my get myself flowing well thank you so much for sharing all of that uh with us Kylie because it's very important stories to share because it's so universal for so many women um and where can people find you if they want to know more about your business and how you can help them Sure, the easiest way to find me is um, probably on Facebook. Um, my page is Kylie Madge, just as it's written here on the screen, Kylie Madge, um, My Body, My Soul. You yep. can message directly. Um, you can also send me an email at info at mybodymysoul.com.au if you're not on Facebook. And, mm -hmm. yeah, just reach out and happy to um, make a time to have a chat. Uh, and I um, do have a book coming out, The Path, uh, as well as a collection of other authors, which shares a little bit about more about my story and that challenge that we just touched on of transitioning from away from being that idea of being married and children and it's yeah. brought me to where I am today. Well, thank you so much again for coming on the show today, Kylie. It has been such a great pleasure to talk with you and learn so much more about you because we've talked many times before but there's so much I didn't know about you so thank you so much for joining us and sharing that with me you're and welcome yeah and let me just finish Kathy, to say because the stuff we have talked about is for people that um whatever you're going through in your life in this moment just to know that other people have experiences as well and come out the other side yes um and uh and so just to know that if, if you're in it in the moment and feeling feeling deep in it that um, you know you're not the only one who has experienced those things and uh, you know and often people don't share so that you just don't know but many people have similar stories and they have found a way out so exactly um, right hopefully today's chat has helped you in some way yes which is exactly right that's why we're here today is for that because we do all find ourselves in, in certain situations and we think I'm the only one, but you're not. So for those out there watching, thank you for joining us today. And it is always so hard to say goodbye. So please make sure that you subscribe to the channel and do leave us a comment below if there's something that Kyle has talked about today that we've covered that has uh, helped you to overcome an obstacle that you're currently facing. We would love to have that feedback in the comments. And please give us a like if you've really enjoyed our conversation today. And as always, we will miss you and we will see you all again next time. So thanks again, Kylie, and bye, everyone. Thank you. Bye.